Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 39 of the podcast and I'm very excited to have you along because, well, okay... I've got to level with you here because it's been a while and I apologise wholeheartedly for that because a few things got in the way and I'll explain more as they come along. First of all, I was meant to do a really cool epic podcast about my own tournament, Lord of the Imps, which I ran in July, so a while ago now. Apologies, almost exactly a month to the day that I'm recording this. And and it was meant to be a very exciting one but lots of bits and bobs happened and and as as you would imagine in the world that we live in uh, some were involving uh, uh, people getting pinged and uh, covided up and things like that so uh, apologies uh, for not being able to run that but it meant that I had to um, I had to play in the tournament a bit and I didn't have time to record stuff there were so many things going on but we had an absolutely epic time at Lord of the Imps uh, 54 people a huge turnout so amazing news um, lots of people having a great time uh, and you know the, a lot of this you can see actually on um, the Battle Camper YouTube channel if you have not encountered the Battle Camper absolutely check it out um, it's a very very amusing YouTube channel and um, uh, Alex from the uh, from the from that channel did a, a comprehensive guide to how the tournament went which is great so I'm really glad he did because I just didn't have any time uh, I was so busy organising stuff um, but either way I was meant to do that and then I was meant to go to another tournament. And I was really looking forward to this. Uh this is this is one called uh it was called Lords of the West Midlands. Um and this was due to take place uh at Board in Brum, uh, Brum being near Birmingham. Uh well Brum is Birmingham, nickname for Birmingham. Um and this is Board in Brum and it's in Walsall by Walsall or something like that near uh, uh Birmingham. So either way that was what was meant to happen during this podcast. I was meant to do a normal sort of Entmoot podcast, and we haven't had very many of those for a long time because of one thing and another over the last uh, year and a half. But then I decided to go and do this. At nine, with the latest BBC News for Lincolnshire, I'm Richard Madden. First this hour, we're being told a COVID outbreak at a Lincoln nightclub is responsible for pushing the city to the worst infection rates in the country. Natalie Little from Public Health Lincolnshire has been speaking to Sean in the last hour. Yeah, so piece the two together. I was at a nightclub having a great time. The news the next few days said big COVID outbreak at nightclub. On Wednesday after the Saturday, I tested positive for COVID-19 and I had to stay inside for the remaining 10 days. Um, So, you know, that meant that I couldn't go to this Warhammer tournament. I'm fine, by the way. Um, I've been ill. Uh, You know, I've had a bit of a horrible cough and uh, my lungs hurt from having a horrible cough. Um, But other than that, I'm now back to normal-ish. I've still got a bit of a bit of a sort of hangover of a of a covid hangover but uh, i'm fine um but of course this meant we didn't get to go to the tournament i didn't get to build my army i didn't get to do all the exciting stuff that i was hoping to do um which is very very sad news but i've come up with a solution which i will reveal later on in the podcast because we are going to hear 
from real life games at the tournament. So stick around for that. But first, I'll indulge you. I'll give you a bit of a run through of what my army was going to be had we gone to board in the boom. So we're building an army worthy of Mordor once more. I seem to just be doing the evil guys at the moment. I don't know why, but uh, that's what I'm in the mood for at the moment. So uh, let's delve into my army list. And um, this this is kind of inspired partly by the list I wrote for uh, the Green Dragon podcast, um, which you may remember a couple of episodes back, uh, Kylie from the Green Dragon podcast came on here and wanted me to build her an army for a tournament. And... Um, You'll then maybe have listened to the fact that uh, she then went on to win that tournament. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to build an army and use ex- basically exactly what uh, what she did, but with a few extra points. So I, I believe her army was either 700 or 750. This is for 800 points, no other additional restrictions, and a pretty standard kind of tournament fare. Uh, so no uh, just, you know, random draw from the uh, uh, match play guide for, uh, for matches. I think it's six games for this tournament. So with that in mind, here's the army. It is Easterlings, and we're starting with Amder, Lord of Blades, with Armoured Horse for 145 points. Now, um, I've, I've undenied about whether I like Amder or whether I like um, uh, Kamul um, as a leader. Uh, I went through a f- period of really liking Kamul and wanting to use him a bit, and then I'm going to give Amder a bit more of a go, because uh, I just find that Kamul, A, doesn't have enough... Um, uh, enough of the kind of might, which I, I really struggle with. But also, I find I, I use too much of his will on magic. He has such poor casting rolls. Like four, I think it's a four plus for a command or a com- sorry, a compel, and four for a, a, a transfix. So, so I, maybe I'm, I'm getting plus one on that. But I, either way, it's it's not great, and it's sick a six for a black dart from him. And I just feel like that's. That's not enough. It's not enough uh, for me. I mean, yeah, you can do the odd little bit and bob, but um, I don't find that I have enough might to do strikes with him and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I, and maybe I'm just not playing him right, and I know other people have a lot of success with him. But either way, uh, Amder is the leader. He has that banner. He has the blood and glory. He has three points of might. Um, so he gets his uh, might back if he kills people, uh, heroes. Um, and he, if you kill the leader, you get uh, the banner ups to six inches. So I just think... Solid, solid effort. Then we've got seven Easterling warriors with shield. Um, I might need to rejig the um, the balance in these uh, war bands, but anyway, uh, that doesn't necessarily matter for the moment. Uh, Eastling Warriors with shield, so just eight points apiece, uh, 56 points in total for seven of them. Then four Black Dragon Warriors with pike and shields. Now, these are 11 points each. They've got the pikes, they've got the shields, so they've got the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the they've got a special rule where they can back away f- uh, for three ranks, so got a couple of pikes in there. Uh, as I said, they, it's not quite a balanced um, war band, so I need to rejig it um, I think I did in the end before uh, before I submitted it. But anyway, uh, then we've also got three Dragon Cult Acolytes in there. So, first warband, 14 guys, um, um, four pikes and uh, ten warriors, including those three Dragon Cult Acolytes, which if you don't know what they are, they've got two attacks, they've got fight four, um, they're lower defence, but they've got some cool uh, things like throwing weapons and uh, they get a plus two to uh, leaps and jumps and all that sort of climb tests, that sort of stuff. Pretty cool. New stuff. New uh, Forgewood models. Very nice as well. I painted them up and I really liked doing that. So, uh, next we've got a warband number two. 
This is going to be a Dragon Knight with an Armoured Horse. So this is 80 points, 3 attacks, 2 points of might, the Blood and Glory as well, Defence 6, uh, got Fate but not not all that great, uh, 2 wounds and a Fate, so it's not amazing. And I think only 1 point of will or maybe even 0 points of will, I can't quite remember, I haven't got it to hand, I do, let's just have a quick glance. Uh, yeah, no will, which is a bit of a downside, but either way, uh, big hitter and for 80 points, a bargain. Then, in that warband, we've got three black dragon cataphracts and one black dragon cataphract with a wardrum. Now, wardrum, of course, um, it's a free march, essentially, uh, although there's a slight difference in uh, the way you, you use the drum. It gives a lot of movement, and, and from what I gather, people say, get a war drum it's good um and i i don't quite know how to use it if i'm completely honest but i'm convinced that having free marches for uh, you know 20 points or whatever it is for the drum it's it's pretty good deal so uh i'm i'm you know for 31 points for a for a war drum and a cataphract i think that's well worth doing a black dragon fight for as well so and courage for so um there we go that's a big well blig it's it's a four block four or five models cavalry models in a block and they get that gleaming horde so they've all got plus one defense so they're um they're nice and tasty when they're in formation so excellent then we've got warband number three this is a full warband um again uh, i'd rejig the number one and uh, third warband in particular but um i've got three eastling warriors with pike and shield so just the normal fight three ones um i've done them with like little purple tassels at the back and i've done the black dragons with black so i can easily uh, differentiate them but um I quite, I quite like them. Um, these are only nine points, I believe, for both of these. Yeah, so 27 points for the three of them. Five Black Dragon Warriors with Pike and Shield, so that's for another 55 points. Uh, so lots of Pikes here. And then four Black Dragon... Uh, sorry, four Dragon Cult Acolytes. So in total, I've got seven of the new Dragon Cult Acolytes, which are a bit low defence, but I've got an awful lot of Pikes as well. So I've got eight um, plus four is 12 Pikes, plus seven... Um, dragon cult acolytes and then i've got uh, a few extra models with shields so i've not got as many pikes as i have shields or people to support but i'm hoping to use those dragon cult acolytes on the edges on the on the sort of sides and kind of have them sort of spill over maybe one side have a couple of acolytes and um uh, maybe a few more acolytes on one side and then the cataphracts on the other side for flanking and hoping to do a kind of pincer between them but i haven't finished just yet the final warband is kind of the third anchor for this list and that is Candish King with Candish Chariot so a bit of an ally green ally so they get all the bonuses which includes having as many uh, horsemen or chariots as you like and that's exactly what I'm going to do I'm going to have four Candish horsemen in that warband as well so um the great thing about the horsemen is you get bows so Candish Chariot and Candish Horseman that makes five bows which I wouldn't have without them but also Candish Horseman pretty good I mean they're low defence obviously that's a big downside um, I think they're only fight four uh, sorry they're, they're only defence four but they are fight four they've got an axe as well so you can get up to the strength four if you really need to I, I, I really rate them and bows you know they've, they've got a four plus shoot value obviously they're moving so that's not ideal but You've got enough there just to have a little bit of a threat and have a few pop a few shots in every so often and that is my 800 point list i really 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 wanted to play with this but as you've heard 
I didn't get to go. But what do you think? I'm, I'm intrigued as to what you think of this army list. Um, get in touch, entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Do you rate this 800 points list? What would you change if you were going to take it? And also, I'm really keen to know, what would you do if you were dropping it down to both 700 and 600 points? Keeping the same kind of vibe. But what would you drop? What would you keep? Would you keep Amda? Uh, would you keep the king? Who would you be your leader? You know, would you get rid of the dragon knight uh, and a couple of cataphracts, or is is the war priest? Did I say the war priest? I think I did. Uh, the war priest. What what would you drop? Because um, my my idea here is I've got a war priest to soup up either Amdur or the dragon knight to help them just capitalize on maybe one or two turns of of super killing damage. So if you war priest uses blade wrath, makes them up to higher strength. They can maybe take out a, a, a do a good successful heroic combat, um, or they can take down some nasty big hero that sort of thing and then um, and then hopefully by that point the heroes have actually done the work because I found in the past the Easterlings um, that they just kind of they reach a brick wall at points with the heroes in particular that you really want them to be blasting through stuff and they just kind of stutter a bit too often with that um, with that strength uh, that's not quite enough I found um, especially because they've not got the fight value and the you know all that so you're kind of always striking with them if you're going against big heroes and then you don't have as much might therefore to to bump up your roles in the same way that you would do with say an elven hero that's of a higher fight but similar strength so um, anyway so that's the that's the idea what would you do if you're dropping this down to 600 points let me know entmootpodcast at gmail.com now it's time for Riddles in the Dark I'm precious yes that's right it's the time of the podcast where I play a small clip of audio from the movies uh, The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings films and then you tell me who speaks next? So, in episode 38, which was a long time ago now, uh, we played this clip out. <laughs> and you've been getting in touch on the email on entmootpodcast at gmail.com with your suggestions and your other various comments. So now is the time that we uh, delve into the email inbox and have a read through of what people have said. So uh, first up, I think literally the day of release, Nathan Talbot gets in touch and says, Hi Harry, fresh off the excitement of your upcoming event. Um, So yeah, that was a while ago. This is before my Lord of the Imps event and my sort of accidentally on purpose Hobbit and Lord of the Rings marathon this week. The riddle jumped out at me right away this time, which is exciting because despite recognising the sounds of Isengard last time, I couldn't place the Oathmaker. He thinks... Nathan says he thinks this time it's Gimli's drunken laughter followed by it's the dwarves that go swimming with little hairy women. I love the joy that goes into this scene including the Hobbit song. Given that Bilbo gets the elves passed out drunk in Mirkwood I can't decide if elven wine is particularly strong Legolas is particularly resilient or Gimli just doesn't have enough space in his little legs for Rohan Ale. All of them at once I suppose. It's a good point. It's already rambly but we all heard you last episode claim you'll read it all out. I'll resist the temptation to copy out the words of the book with no pictures. Maybe next time. With any luck the next time uh, I see you will be this weekend at Lord of the Imps. Good luck with running it Nathan. Thanks very much Nathan. Uh, I I hope it went well. I certainly enjoyed it. Um, William Andrews has also been in touch. Um, He doesn't have a lot to say William but either way William thank you very much for getting in touch with simply the quote it's the dwarves that go swimming with the little hairy women uh, from Gimli and here's a little photo of Gimli being drunk 
Great. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Uh, Hamish Gentles, also been in touch, a regular uh, commenter, um, says, Hey, Harry, first of all, it was really great to be down in Lincoln with Lord of the Imps last weekend. Great fun event with plenty of good folk. We'll be highly considering your next event in October. Amazing. Yes, I'm hoping to do another one in October. Um, I haven't got it exactly confirmed uh, with the uh, venue just yet, but I'm hoping to get that sorted soon, very soon. Um, Thanks for hosting such a fun weekend. It was good to be rolling dice and cursing them again. As for the riddles in the dark, it's very apt that it was before the tournament as I was 100% sure of the scene insert joke about the frivolities on Saturday and Sunday night matching the scene and Gimli and Legolas having the drinking game at Edoras it's Gimli that speaks next oh yes the dwarves that go swimming with little hairy women belch thanks very much Uh, Sean has been in touch as well Sean also a player at Lord of the Imps uh, did very well in the end I think Certainly in the top tables, uh, I can't remember exactly position, but either way, well done, Sean. Uh, you answer to the riddle in the dark is the dwarves go swimming with the little hairy women. Thank you very much, Sean. Um, next, we've got uh, James James McCocken or just James McCowan, M C C A U G H A N. So apologies if I've butchered that. But either way, you say hi again, Harry. Thought I'd throw in another guess of riddles in the dark. I think you'll have a lot more entries for this one. Not quite sure where the burping stops and line begins, but it's Gimli saying something along the lines of, Whoa, it's the dwarves that go swimming little hairy women. Ha ha ha. And of course, because I don't think we can ignore the follow-up, Legolas saying, I feel something, a slight tingle in my fingers. I think it's affecting me. Then Gimli slurring, what did I say? He can't hold his liquor before falling back in his chair. Wonderful scene. What's not to love? And hope you're well. Thanks very much, James. Um... Let's keep going, let's keep going. We've got uh, a new uh, commenter, I believe, a new emailer, Holger Neumann. Uh, Holger, thank you very much for getting in touch. I'm listening to your podcast since the start, but never got in touch because I'm always late. So you're catching up. Amazing. I really like your podcast and the riddles in the dark are always great fun. Uh, This time I'm listening in time and I'm pretty confident I know the right answer, but because I have only seen the movies in English once, I'm not 100% sure what the line is. It must be Gimli during the drinking game when he says something like, Here's the dwarf that goes swimming shortly before he goes over. That is pretty darn good, especially considering, as you say, you've only seen them uh, in English once. Uh, You say, keep on going with your awesome content and greetings from Germany. Holger Neumann from Germany there in touch with the podcast. Finally... Um, Michael Haskell oh no no we've got one more after this but Michael Haskell says Riddles has stumped me again Michael you you are getting stumped quite quite a lot these days but you'll get there again don't worry I'm sure you'll get there eventually he says there are lots of people uh, there are lots of people in the clip and the timbre feels indoors you're correct there's a sound like a tankard being plopped back on the table with a male sigh of pleasure followed by a burp yes yes you're quite correct the music in the background is light and jaunty so likely to be the start of the fellowship of the ring or the unexpected journey ah this is where you start losing it michael shire pub bag end maybe but i've not found the segment in either case it wasn't brie wasn't shire wasn't a shire pub in the return of the king but music is melancholic by then this is kind of a free-flowing um train of thought from michael here might be lake town he says maybe but i don't recall a relevant scene so i'm going to have to declare failure again clearly i need to watch them more times than i have thus far ah oh, michael uh, you were so so close you literally described the exact scene there's a sound like a tank being plopped back on the table the male but a uh, male sigh of pleasure followed by a burp but then you got lost in the uh, the jauntiness um, and you thought that it must be uh, the early films. But of course, it isn't, as we've heard from people already. Finally, we've got an email from Black Panzer 
who says, Hi Harry, I'm Dan. First time listener here, just starting collecting MESBG this year. I was searching things to listen to while painting and I found you and the Green Dragon podcasts. Is there other podcasts that you recommend regarding Lord of the Rings that I could listen to? Yes, there absolutely are. So, obviously, you're listening to Entmoot, and uh, that is the premiere, but no, it's not the premiere podcast. There are loads of great podcasts. You've encountered the Green Dragon, uh, which is amazing as well, but these are some of the ones that I know of. There are almost certainly more. There's The Durin Show, there's North of the Shire, there's Out of the Frying Pan, uh, there's Tell Me a Tale, Great or Small, uh, there's There and Back Again, A Hobbyist's Tale, and the An Unexpected Podcast. Now, I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, uh, one of the podcasts from this and there's definitely a new one that started in Australia a while ago but I maybe can't remember all of them but either way that's definitely a batch to listen to if you really really want to uh, listen to there's also I've been listening to an awful lot of The Friendship Onion um, and this is completely nothing to do with um, uh, the MESPG but it's Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan um, talking about nonsense, which I absolutely love. And of course, there's loads of YouTube videos uh, out there from YouTube channels um, that are similar to podcasts that you can listen to in the background while painting in particular. So uh, lots and lots of stuff there. What I would highly recommend is um, going to the GBHL website. Now, it's a bit of an awkward website, but if you go to thegbhl.wixsite.com slash website um, slash blog then you'll be able to scroll down that blog and there's a whole list of all these things uh, on there. Um, It's also pinned to the top of the GBHL Facebook page. So if you want podcasts um, and lists of content creators, that's the place to go. Uh, But as I said, there's a nice little list of uh, a few things there for you that hopefully... Uh, hopefully has helped a little bit because there are some fantastic um, content creators out there um, that are happening but either way uh, Durin Show North of the Shire The Green Dragon Out of the Frying Pan Tell Me a Tale Great or Small There and Back Again A Hobbyist Tale and An Unexpected Podcast are all absolutely fantastic um, uh, they're great uh, all different shapes and sizes so delve into a few of them uh, pick your favourites and uh, try and not get uh, too far behind because there's plenty of them and I know it's hard to keep up I uh, certainly struggle myself uh, anyway so that's what what you said you said uh, uh, is there any other podcast you recommend regarding Lord of Rings could listen to um, answer for the riddle in the dark you say as well Gimli says it's the dwarves that go swimming with the little hairy women right before he loses the drinking game with Legolas lol face uh, I've just joined in the MSBG, MESBG community right before lockdown so I wasn't able to play a game sadly here in Taiwan we don't have a large number of community playing miniature war games and those that do are playing 40k and Age of Sigmar mainly so I'm hoping to get more players into MESBG after the pandemic cheers Dan thank you very much for getting in touch Dan um, Taiwan amazing I hopefully maybe there are people out there listening uh, to the podcast who are uh, in Taiwan or nearby or I don't know that are within flying distance I don't know um, in fact I'm pretty sure one of the hosts of um the unexpected podcast is somewhere in Southeast Asia. I feel like it might be Vietnam or or Korea or somewhere like. I, I'm I'm see. I'm just mushing them all together with all these countries that are very close to each other in Southeast Asia. But either way, there may well be someone closer than you think, uh, Dan. Um, if anyone is in that area of the world in Taiwan, let me know and I'll forward you an email from Dan and hopefully you can reconnect. Either way, we've heard lots of answers there. Um, Although Michael Haskell has failed yet again, sadly, Michael, I'm sorry, um, to to get the answer to the riddle in the dark, we do have a very clear winner. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Maybe it was too easy this week, but no, everyone has definitely smashed it. Well done. Uh, it absolutely was brilliant. It was, of course, Gimli, um, and he is talking about going swimming with little hairy women. Now, that leaves only one more thing left to do. Let's set another riddle in the dark. Is it an easy one? Is it a hard one? I don't even know. It could be either. Let's listen again. There you go. That's all it is. So you just listen to that clip. Tell me, who do you think speaks next? And what do they say in the the films, The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings trilogy? One last listen and then we'll move on. Okay, there's your riddle in the dark. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you think you know. And also, while you're emailing, why not give me some feedback on that list that I mentioned earlier? Uh, What do you think you would improve or change in that list uh, of the Easterlings, many Easterlings, and uh, some canned as well? What do you think? 800 points. What would you take off for the 200? Uh, so an interesting, interesting uh, debate. I, I, I still don't know what what the best best move uh, on that list is, but I know, for example, I feel like it's a bit lacking in might. Um, so it's got 38 warriors at 800 points, which is a little low, um, and it's only got eight might. Um, so I'm not 100%, and it's only got five bows. But either way, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, 800 points, and what do you think you would do for 600 uh, in particular? Right. Let's move on, because we're meant to be going on an adventure, but instead, we're doing something slightly different. So with that in mind, I've decided I'm going to recruit someone for an Entmoot special, and I've got George on the line. Hello, George, can you hear me? Yes, hello, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. So um, this is a bit of an odd one, George. I think, uh, if I'm right in thinking this, the last time I did an Entmoot, this was at the Rings of Men, which was the uh, tournament run by World Champion in Nottingham, and you reigned supreme there with the Ugluk Scout list. Um, and you would have been the last person to feature on Entmoot, other than myself. So, Oh, yes. Yeah, so I have a task for you, uh, a challenge. Yeah. Are you up for a challenge usually? 
Um, yeah, usually I am. Well, it certainly <laughs> depends on the challenge, but we can, yeah. Okay, so basically, due to um, <clears throat> unforeseen circumstances, I'm now <laughs> um, not going to uh, the Lords of the West, which is this uh, tournament in uh, Borden Brum in uh, near yep. Birmingham. But I know you are, is that right? Yes, I am going to that, correct. Amazing. Um, yes, yeah, on the Saturday and Sunday two-day event. Absolutely. So, I wonder... How how comfortable are you at recording things, having chats with people, and generally, you know, kind of doing what I do? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, for sh- yes, I think I'd be quite. I'm quite chatty anyway. Yeah, well, I like to. And if it's if it's game related, I love talking about the game itself. So yeah, absolutely. This is what I thought because every time we've spoken uh, about about things, whether it's just uh, via messages or or in in actual podcasts, I've talked talk, spoke to you a couple of times, played you twice or three times maybe. You won the tournament last last time. I thought this you you might you might be the man for this. You could take on the mantle after being in the last episode, carry it forward, have a chat with a few people, and hopefully be like my little Entmoot reporter. Do you uh, do you think you can handle this? Yeah, of course. So basically, just do your job for you yeah, while you relax yeah, ba- and rest. Basically, so I don't have to yeah. do the hard work. You can do it all, and then I'll stitch all the pieces together when you've come back. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah, sounds great. So literally, I'll yeah, I listen to the podcast anyway, so I know how it goes. I'll just I'll fill myself. I'll I'll yeah, I'll fill myself in for your role. Amazing, George. Good luck at the weekend. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, that was George. That's the introduction. Let's send him on his way for a big adventure and find out what army he's taking to the tournament. Here, Mr. Robo, where are you off to? I can't stop, I'm already late. Late for what? I'm going on an adventure. Okay, so my name is George Stromberg, and the army I brought today is Mordor. Great, and and, and what are you doing this? What, what, why are we recording this? We are filling in for the one and only Harry Parkill on his Entmoot podcast, as he is unfortunately ill. I assume he's poorly, he's ill. He's not feeling very well. We couldn't make it, so I thought I would do the job for him and yeah, nice one. Get, pretty, get some interviews with the players, talk about the armies, see how the event goes. Spot on. And so you say you brought Mordor? Yes. Talk, talk me through your list. So the list is, at base, it's a Mordor horde, loads of orcs, loads of Moranans. The leader we have is Goroth. I chose him as he has the two-up save, so I'm hoping he never dies. He might die, he may not. But also, he's quite good in a combat. He's, he can go to toe-to-toe with some of the bigger heroes. And yeah, he's backed up by Kardush and a Wraith, so I have a double spellcasters. The combination of those together with the Fury and the Transfix is going to help me combat bigger heroes. I have a cheeky drum in there to make my list move faster. And also, at the back hiding, I do have a Great Beast of Gorgoroth. Wow. teamed up with a Taskmaster. And what sort of numbers are we looking at, you know? How, how likely would we like to get this Mordor army bonus? I think we're at 57. And I know it could be a bit wrong. It could be 55, 6, I don't know. I know there's a lot of other Mordor here, and I know I've got the biggest out of them all. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be re-rolling a lot of ones. And yeah, so the highest fight value in the army is 5. That's only on two models. How are you going to combat that uh, yeah. at this tournament? Okay, so... Um, Numbers over fight, you either have elite stuff of high fight or numbers of low fight. So I back two orcs over one elf warrior all day. Yeah, I know you've got two banners in there. I do have two banners in the list. What was the thing behind that? Um, a three inch bubble is not very big when you've got 50 models. I wanted it spread out. And also their VPs. 
the odd time you get your banner caught slipping and they kill your banner, they don't ever kill two banners, bro. So it's just, it's, it's more just for 25 points, a banner's worth better than five trackers, as far as I'm concerned. And you've got a, a lovely orange scheme on it. What was, talk me through the things behind that. Okay, so within my own capability, I don't think my painting is very good. <laughs> so oh, you, you when you paint it an abstract colour or something like that, it draws more attention to it not being good and it's still looking kind of cool. If I went for the actual generic theme, it would then be compared to the other generic themes and it would be at the bottom. Whereas it's the best orange mortar army you've ever seen. Uh, certainly the best orange mortar army. Of course, there you go. That's, that's, there we go. I went with purple and then everyone does purple, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just mid-table on that. I, I literally just, I thought I was going to go over all the orange with red and turn it into red army. Yeah. But I, I'm not bothered. Uh, <laughs> really, I'm happy with orange. Everyone does red mordor, mate. Yeah. I love the orange. The orange is chilling, man. Brilliant. So, yeah, there you are. Of course, I'm hoping six games, we're looking at at least three or four wins. We usually table on the top half of the tournament. We, um, in terms of what we want to face... I mean, I've already seen the armies in the room. It's majority similar armies. So lots of Moranans, lots of Orcs, lots of Uruks. There's the odd few good lists. So we'll see how that goes. I think in terms of scenarios, obviously I've tried to build a list that can play all 18 scenarios. We'll just have to, we'll see how we do. I'll, I'll catch back up with you at the end of the day and we'll see. All right, so we're gone. Put on. Can't wait. All right, Harry, get well soon. A disconcertingly high quality performance from George there, ably assisted by someone who I think we're going to hear from in game number one. We have just completed game one with Curtis. Yep. And we're just here to just discuss the game and how it went. So how did the game go? Uh, pretty terribly, I think. Uh, turn one, I got priority, and it was it was command the battlefield. So maelstrom deployment. Uh, I got pretty good rolls. All but one of my warbands came on where I wanted them to. However, you know, George, you got yeah, you went second. So you just were able to just counter all of my placements. Yep. My big hitters. I'm running Mordor, so Gothmog. Uh, I've got a Troll Chieftain. I've got the Shadow Lords. None of them could do anything until like turn six. By that point, I was broken. Yeah. Um, so like you said, I think deployment was a huge part of that. I came on second. I do have a great beast of Gorgoroth, so I know that is scary to go up against. But unfortunately, he didn't deploy where he went. So you rolled a two, brought him on where you wanted him on, and he didn't do any trample in this game. Yeah, that was that was pretty pleased with um, trying to keep him in the corner. What would you say you? So you did lose this scenario. What would you say you did wrong? What would you say made you lose in uh, in your own game? Not getting my big hitters in as soon as. But I don't I don't know if I would have done anything differently. I mean, the troll was outnumbered and all his lads got got charged and killed. So I, I got him out of there pretty soon. Um, there was a ring wraith near him, so kept on transfixing him. So. <laughs> I actually thought that, you know, deployment was key. Um, I enjoyed it nonetheless. You know, I managed to, you know, I've got a bet with my mate to try and kill as many with our troll chieftains. So I uh, racked up five with him towards the end and got wounds on, on Goroth with him. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what I would have done differently. Yeah, roll okay. better dice, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, of course, roll better dice. Um, <laughs> as an opponent, <clears throat> I, think, I think, obviously, in Maelstrom scenarios, deployment is so key. And, um, yeah, I think you come on first, you're at a major disadvantage. I come on second and I'm at an advantage. Yeah, um, those bloody Entmoot dice got me a six yeah, on that yeah. first. Uh... <laughs> yeah, them cheating Entmoot dice. They got a six on. I think in terms of the armies, we have similar armies. We both have a Wraith, both have Moranans, both have Orcs, both have Trackers, both have War Riders. It's just a very similar army. Deployment's a major thing and then decisions, I guess. You seem to, in terms of the Great Beast, you seem to avoid it quite a lot. Do you think that was a good or bad decision? Oh, good, good decision. I would have broken much, much sooner if, um, if the Great Beast had trampled anything. Yeah. Um, it's not exactly like I'm out fighting it either. So of normally course. you can like get its eventual combat, out fight it, maybe get some wounds on it and then get it to stampede. 
but you know, I'm fight three across across the army. My highest fights are with the troll uh, and and um, Gothmog and the wraith, and I don't really want them to be anywhere near near, the, near him. So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy that I avoided it. Of course. Um, other than that, I don't really know what else he wants us to I, figure out. I, I think that's pretty good. I think I think you can take that. I think that's all he needs. So yeah. Curtis helping out George, our cub reporter there. Thank you very much, uh, Curtis, for that. Sounding great already. I'm really enjoying uh, listening to the progress of this tournament. It's like I'm there, although I'm not there. Sadly, I'm at home coughing. On to game number two. Okay, so that's game two finished, and we are here with Jack. Um, it was a 7 6 victory to you. Yep, yep. yep. Do you want to just quickly talk us through your army? Yeah, so I've got uh, a last alliance build with Elrond as a general on a horse. Uh, I've got Lindir and Kirdan uh, backing up with uh, a load of elf spearmen, 10 elf spearmen and banner. Uh, I've got six elf bowmen and two riven knights, and then I've got nine warriors of Numenor with a Sildor. Uh, Isildur was on foot, uh, didn't decide to bring the horse, yeah. didn't really need it. So we played, I believe it's called Destroy the Supplies. Yep. It was a first time for me, it's where you cross the board, tag them and destroy them. Yeah. We managed to both destroy two each, yep. very different tactics. Did you have a tactic at the start of the game on how to de- destroy them? Uh, not really, I probably should have sent, I probably should have moved forward, but standing back for the first three turns uh, to kind of try and get as much uh, efficiency out of the shooting as I could was probably a mistake. Because of the army bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it probably wasn't the right way to go. If I'd have met you in the middle, but saying that, it meant that I'd got models around my three objectives all game, and then I could just peel off at a single night to go and get two more. Uh, but I think Elrond's Elrond got to be unlucky. But other than that, I think maybe I should have pushed a bit more forward than I did. Yeah. So I was going to ask what you think you did wrong, or even though you won, you could still do things yeah, wrong. You didn't absolutely, 12 yeah, 100%. So obviously I was in the game. I know Elrond. He's pretty rubbish, you really, didn't really do good enough. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the Great Beast? I've been asking everybody that. Is it scary, is it not? You've got good counters? It can do really well. I think the thing is that I wasted a lot of might early game, so I ended up with no might at the end, which gives the Beast free yeah. reign. Yeah, I was moving first every uh, turn. Yeah. You're moving first every turn once I run out of might. The fact that Elrond basically wasted three might, all, all three of his might yeah, was the big massive. one. I think if, if I'd have got Goroth in that first heroic combat, Elrond would have had two points of might left yep. uh, running around later on. Um, yep. So I think that was the only thing that made the beast better in this sense. I think against lower defence armies with uh, less Goblin combat town. level heroes, yeah, yeah. he's going to just romp home. Of course. Yeah, um, I think, as myself with the Great Beast, there's a lot of the time I'm going to hit you and not kill you. Yeah. Um, I killed Lindy with him though. He did yeah. crush Lindy and he did kill he did three or four. Killed, he, four he, killed a, he could have got seven, seven models in total. Yeah, yeah. Seven or eight models. I had, I had the bows shooting at you a lot. I didn't really do much with the bows as much. Maybe because I hired a friend. I think it made its points in terms of the way, I would say the way it made me play yes, and what it killed. Not only does it kill stuff, it's actually there on the table. It's 11 models. You've got to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't, can't just you ignore, can't ignore it. it. And that was why I think as well I used heroic moves in the early game where you were winning priority yep. because I couldn't just let it just to me. pin it every turn yeah. um, Isildur has the ring you didn't use it once nope. any reason? just unnecessary especially with the Wraith on the other side of the board uh, you hadn't got anything that was a higher fight value than me that really needed yep. um, me to worry about that and then you hadn't got a massive amount of shooting that would really affect him of so course. I didn't need him to be invisible of course. the yeah. only one thing that I want him to be invis- invisible from he's not invisible from which is the Wraith so of course yeah it makes point. sense yeah, that's pretty much wraps it up. Um, are you on two wins now? Yeah, yeah. 12 with, nil and a 7 six. With the army that you have, what would you say the scenarios that you want to play are? Uh, I'm not really fussed, to be honest. I think it's, it's an all-rounder, all right? yeah. I mean, the only thing is it's low on numbers, but the combat potential of the heroes makes up for it. Of course. Uh, even a couple of knights, driven on knights, make a huge difference. Do you have a scenario yeah. you want to avoid? Um, most most small armies say recon. Contested champions against the Balrog. Of course. Uh, I've seen the Balrog <laughs> knocking around, so I don't really want to... Recon against the 98 Goblin Town. Although I've got the ring and I've got 
Elrond with his plus one to wound spirits. It's doable. Oh, to be fair, I've actually built this list yeah, to kill the with the Balrog in mind because yeah. that new Moria Legion is really, really solid. But of course. I was expecting to see more than we have, to be fair. Yeah. There's only one here, so. Yeah, I think that's pretty much good enough, and good yeah. luck. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Thank you to Jack there with uh, what sounds like a really cool um, Last Alliance sort of uh, themed list with Elrond uh, and, of course, Isildur and Lindy famously uh, fighting at their Last Alliance. I'm not sure whether he was there, but anyway, um, awesome, awesome army by the sounds of things and clearly doing a number on uh, George there. Not a, not a tremendous victory, but a victory nonetheless. On to game number three with George, our cub reporter. So that's game three over, and I'm here with Archie. Um, quickly run us through what your army list is. So I've got Mordor. Uh, I have the Witch King with the crown and a bunch of will and uh, on horse. I have Cardouche. I have some Blackguard led by a captain. And I have a Troll Chieftain with a smattering of orcs. Yes, don't forget the Troll Chieftain. <laughs> um, and the scenario was... What's this one called? Divide and Conquer. Divide and Conquer, where you start half your army on opposite sides yeah. of the board. Um, after deployment, asked you if he was confident, and you said fairly. It was, it was a mirror match, yeah. technically. I've got a beast. I mean, I've got the great beast. You've got um, the troll, but similar to my first game, very similar armies. Um, I won. You did. Which, I can't remember what the score was. 7-0. Seven 7-0. Nil. Seven nil. Um, what do you feel like in that game particularly you did wrong, if anything? Or what would you do differently if we played again? So... I think you had a lot more numbers than me, which I was aware of at the start. And also, because they were all orcs as well, then it made a big difference. Yep. What I was hoping to do early on was to get the Great Beast to trample over some of your key targets. Which you did at some point. Which I did. But it took six will and two might of the Witch King to actually get it off. um, With a double... You resisted it twice on a six, which is... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think... I think I didn't use my troll well enough. I think he's the big centerpiece that needs to do lots of killing, and he kind of got a bit stuck, a bit bogged down. I think you may have only got two or three kills with the troll. I'm not even sure I got any. Uh, I don't to know. Be honest. I did. Com- I did um, transfix him once or twice. Yeah. But even when I wasn't transfixing him, he was just killing one yeah. random. Losing to your ring race was annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super. <laughs> um, what do you think my army does that was well? That did well. Obviously that. I've asked most opponents. The beast is just scary on its own. The first, that's the first time I've played uh, a great beast. Um, yep. I think actually it's not his trample, it's the shooting that gets it. Right, so when everyone I play, I tell them, don't be scared of him just because he's a war beast. I think the word war beast yeah. just makes everybody think, oh, I can't, I've got to run away from People were running away from him with like big heroes and stuff. I think, but every game he's killed a lot more shooting than he has anything else. Yeah. Nine shots is just huge. On average, you hit three. Yeah. And, and with Pardouche, with the Fury, means yeah. that he's not going to yeah, stampede. Yeah, 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 absolutely chilling. Did you, wo- you did wound him once. I wounded him you once, did wound yeah. Him once. Um, I was actually looking at the Great Beast and thinking, okay, I can use that, because I was hoping that would help me whittle down yeah. your numbers a bit, or maybe take off like a Cardouche or Th- something. There was a time when you compelled him into my Taskmaster, right? Yeah. But you only got one wound I and I faded it, I think, wound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if I remember correctly. Um, I, got, I think I got one kill off a compelled yeah, Great yeah. Beast. What do you feel in terms of your army? Are you on two wins now? Uh, one win, one draw, one loss. And you're relatively new to tournaments, right? Yeah, it's my first tournament. First tournament? Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> um, what, from the scenarios that you do know, yeah. what scenarios are you hoping to play with your army? What do you think they're good at? It's a very, I've asked the other question to everyone else and everybody just says anything because well, they're balanced, right? I think it, I think it depends. I think most matchups, I'll outnumber the opponent. Yeah. So then I quite like like a smash. Because of the army bonus, which I had and you didn't. And they don't really like splitting up that much. I think they work best together. 
But then against an army that has more troops and basically the same level of troops, of course. I wouldn't want that. One of the only differences between my army and your army is the fact I had like 12 more than you. Yeah, like, and yeah, that was basically the great beast. Yeah, yeah. So I've yes. got a beast for your troll. Yeah. Your witch king is better than my rape, but we yeah. still have the same. Yeah. You had black guard, strength five. You think they're worth it? 12 points? I think the problem... I think I'd prefer it if they were a bit cheaper and strength four. Okay. But uh, you can So you bring get, them for the fight four, not really I the get, strength five. I bring them for the fight four and the defense six. Yep. Because you could bring Mordor Urukai, but they're only defense five. Okay. And I think they can get chopped a bit. 12 points, I think, is a little... Yeah. The only reason I think it's big is the one attack. I think... So a warg rider with just a basic shield is 12 points. Yeah. And if a warg rider charges the black guard, I favour the warg rider. But if yeah. the black guard charges the warg rider, then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just... 12 points... For me, when I build the army list, 12 points is steep. Yeah. Like a Merkwood range is only 14. Yeah. That's the fight five elf with special yeah. fighting attack. So I don't know, but... Facing against it, I think... It's the first time I've played against them ever, I yeah. think. I don't really know when I've ever played against them. So I think the general idea is that they're too expensive. Yeah. But you don't think so, so there Well, you go. I brought them because I wanted some fight four, basically. Because I feel like the way I play, just chucking orcs in is just always goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big Mordor player, but I feel like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. We haven't got that many bows. You've got like no, five trackers. No. But yeah, I think that's um, good enough and good luck for tomorrow. Thanks, you too. Awesome. Game number three there with Archie. Another Mordor force. Interesting that there were so many Mordor forces. Uh, 800 points uh, tournament. From what I gather, there were quite a lot. Um, so that's an interesting uh, bit of uh, meta that I don't know whether that's saying a lot. A lot of raids going about. Maybe the new uh, Black Dart FAQ has uh, changed things on that front uh, for this tournament. Um, but certainly, the it sounds like George's army is doing pretty well. Although not storming to victory, uh, that's fair to say. Uh, so let's rejoin him. So uh, we're rejoined by George, the Entmoot reporter. <laughs> hello, George. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello. So, uh, so uh, let's just fill you in because um, we've just been listening um, to to your interviews and, of course, your army setup. You've got this cool army list with with the um, with the beast, the great beast, and uh, lots of orcs. and And you've had three games with people. And um, before we go into day two, how did you find recording um, recording the, all this stuff and chatting to people and doing kind of what I do on a, a tournament? Oh yes. Um, so I haven't listened to them back until obviously they're ready for me to listen to them. I'm assuming I was more nervous as it went along, but I think it adds a different element to the game. So usually I play more on the competitive side, mm. but as soon as I knew that I was going to help you out with the recording, I thought I'd rather not put all my brain power into necessarily playing at my top level and forgetting to be a nice person. I thought, let me just try and compete a little bit less and be more nicer so then I can have more interactive conversations with people afterwards because obviously I didn't know who I was playing against. So, yeah, yeah I, still, I still played properly, of course, but I think it was nicer to just have a more of a relaxed approach, knowing that I need to talk to people afterwards and just have a little... Yeah, it was just... It was, I think it was more fun because I had, like, a job outside of the task that I was going for. So I'm obviously going to play the game, but knowing that I have this task as well was always in the back of my mind. If there was, like, an opportunity in-game to do something ridiculous, I thought, maybe I'll try that because then I can talk about it afterwards, for example, so... That's yeah. interesting because I, I wonder how much... Um... 
the doing the podcast influences uh, how what my opponents think of me and also you know how I play the game and so it's interesting hearing that you you've kind of clearly identified that you definitely play differently I don't know because it's been so long that I've been to a tournament and played games where I've not been doing the podcast yeah. so I just don't know what I'm like uh, without <laughs> without it now but um so so you you think you were playing less competitively I, yeah I think um I don't let me think so I think I was when I play. I think if I'm honest, I'm quite rules disputy. If that's I know that's not a word, yeah. but I'm more nitpicky about things, especially if I'm at the competitive side of the tournament. But I think especially the fact that I just had a much more fun mindset. If I was just more relaxed, yeah. So yeah, yeah. In, in general, I was more relaxed, and I guess not that you can't be competitive while you're relaxed or vice versa. I think personally myself, especially because it was the first time, and I wanted to make sure I had some games recorded for you. I just. Yeah, I was just more having fun, just you know, having a laugh, doing stuff that I probably wouldn't do if I was competing on the top table for the prize, for example. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, so with that in mind, um, we've got day two. Uh, we've only heard day one, but um, you, you didn't do it on, on day two. You didn't record stuff, and that's fine because it, it is a lot of extra pressure. Um, but I, I, I want to know. I want to catch up with with what happened. So, so on day two. I mean, I know you, it's been a while actually since we recorded our first yes. bit, and um, since you did the tournament, I think two or three weeks ago now. I, I've been to another event since then. In the meantime, <laughs> right so, there you go. Yeah. Um, so you it's probably all getting muddled up. But um, can you remember anything about day two? And you know, what were the highlights? How did it all go? I remember something that was pretty brutal against one of my opponents. Go on, let, let's which hear about was, that. Was so if one of the five objectives on I believe domination. I don't think they were symmetrical, so I think it's domination. And he had the legendary legion of the Rads of Thirden, mm-hmm. and he was not all heroes, but quite hero heavy. So I think he had five or six heroes with like Darewine, Dernhelm, etc., and Gamlin's banner. Yeah. And as soon as I seen that, I realised I have the magic. But I was very... This is the first event I've ever took a Wraith to, so I was extremely amateur with the Wraith. I think in all six of my games, I did poorly with the Wraith. But I don't know. I'll reflect on that in future. But mm. I remember he was... He had the lead from the get-go, so as soon as he started shooting me and throwing spear in me, I managed to catch him, and then he just started absolutely wiping me out, heroics are here and there. And then I do know on the final turn that I compelled him off one objective. He fled from two other objectives and I killed Fearden all in the last turn. So he went from like, it was something like 10-0 or 11-0 and I ended up beating him by tying that one VP. And it was just like... I feel like it was one of them awkward moments where it's like, oh, maybe I should. I didn't even want to do that. I just, it just all. He, I can't help him failing courage tests, and he happened to compel off the objective, and then fared and died. I think to like one orc in a race. So it was just, it was just a terrible turn. He genuinely was just destroying me the whole game, and then just one turn of bad dice rolls. Just, he, I didn't even earn the win. He just gave me the win by running away. So. Oh, that is that is. I remember I, that. I, I feel for him. I feel for him. Was this the first game by any chance on day two? I believe so. I'm. Not, I can't guarantee that because it's been a while but i think it was. yeah no that's fine but because i just wondered whether that's whether if you you know you had a really lucky moment which, which uh, turned an easy loss to you into a narrow di- win for you yeah was that the sort of thing that puts you off asking someone to interview uh, do an interview afterwards? yeah of course yeah literally so it's, it's all it's always a bit obviously we're just playing a game of fun and i, I know yeah. that you know that and everyone who plays it knows that but i also understand from other game systems nothing to do with even gw systems like if you're competing and trying to win and it's like to lose the win it's sort of like especially when it's not down to skill i used to play chess and i know every single time i lost a game of chess the guy that beat me beat me with skill Hmm. whereas i can't think of another game in the world even playing poker or playing card games or board games there's always an element of luck there's dice there's cards there's anything anything can happen so i think he only lost the game 100 percent just on being unlucky and i think you're in a worse mood when you lose by being unlucky because you think oh that was rubbish that was crap that's not meant to happen and then Hmm. Yeah, so it's just, I, I definitely, I, that was one of the games, obviously, I didn't interview my opponent, 
And yeah. I feel like if I did, it's, it's always just, I don't know what to ask him. Like, am I going to ask him, how does it feel to be really on lookout? <laughs> <It's, yeah, laughs> that is, I must, I must say that is difficult when I, when I'm talking to people and I've gotten really lucky or, or I've just won because I've been rolling really well, or they've, they've had a particularly unfortunate um, thing at the end. Cause there is this awkward moment where you can see someone's a little bit, a little bit sort of salty maybe at the yeah. end of the game and I, being I like think... ah and, and you know most people they get over it within half an hour but I actually find asking the questions um, and saying do you want to talk about the game I think usually people then feel better about it after we've had a talk through yes so I do know this might not be correct this might be totally incorrect I think if he beat me he would have then been first or second and he, he didn't end in them I do think he might have still come third but like I said I could be totally wrong but I'm sure the Rohan player that I beat then came third in the tournament so well, potentially my loss I mean my win over him stopped him from coming first so that uh, might have a that might have a, not necessarily anyone cares about that necessarily he's still that's playing, true but I think but, it might have had an impact but it also might have meant that he, he would have played someone harder in the next yeah, game I, and then yeah. not come third so who knows yeah. Uh, if it is that person, uh, Ryan Wood came third in the tournament. He yes. did have Fed and Gambling, Gale sure Wine, uh, yes. Dernhelm and AMS. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. With, this is 800 points as well, just to remind people. Um, so lots of lots of models there. So so that was your first game on day two, and you had two more. And I know, again, it's been a while since then, but how, how did the rest of the, the tournament fare for, for the army? I mean, what did you think to the performance of your army, I guess? Yeah, I think, so after the fourth mm. game, I can't remember exactly where I was in positioning, but I believe it was hard for me to do as well as I could have done if I'd, for example, won earlier games. So I think I thought at that point, I'm going to try and try and learn the army better so I can play it again next time. Because like mm. I said, I had the Wraith. I wasn't really doing much with him other than the Compel in the previous game. I did have Kardush, who I don't think I even cast a spell with him in four games. I think I did Fury once. The At the end of my fourth game, I was reminded about my army bonus. So up until this point, I wasn't even re-rolling once. From what I remember, I don't no. think I even rerolled a single one, and I outnumbered everybody that I faced. So yeah, yeah, you had like sixty yeah. models nearly. Yeah, didn't? I had a lot of models. I think it was yeah, big fifties or low sixties around that point. I, okay. Yeah, a few bows and stuff. It was interesting. I have now just remembered exactly who my fifth game was. Oh, good. I can't remember the opponent, but he. It was interesting because as I was playing him, I, I'm very confident with myself within like the rules, etc., and how things do things. But he pulled tricks on me and destroyed me, and I was just there like, oh, I never do that sort of stuff. I didn't know that was like a thing. So I know like the beast is a big, scary thing, mm. and it was a predominantly um, like I think 80, 85 percent of the room was evil, and I think 99 percent of the evil players had a wraith. So I was going against wraiths, wraiths, wraiths day one, I think two, and then maybe then this this fifth guy had a wraith, and he did the trick of making me move my great beast away from my army so he doesn't compel me into myself but then he compelled me forward and surrounded me with the witch king and like seven moranans with spears and support and just absolutely wiped the great beast out in one turn wow. so i learned that the hard way so i know he i'm pretty sure he, i don't know what the score was i'm pretty sure he battered me in that game i can't remember the score right really to what i'm yeah I'm pretty, i can't even what the game was but I, <laughs> I just know he destroyed my great beast in like turn two and then although it was only 150 points i was definitely at the downside because yeah well, also beast, psychologically, so isn't it? If you've taken out a big yeah, hitter, yeah. you've got because your army is relies so heavily on the um, the big hit from the great beast, and then your yeah. heroes, which are lesser strength heroes. And if you if you keep forgetting to use fire blast from Kardosh, then I guess you you make you make yeah, a few I, mistakes. It was if if you was to watch me throughout the tournament, it was not an optimum 
use of that army. It's not this, not my usual army at all. I don't half the models in the game in the army I've never even used before, and I had no playtesting. So the tournament itself was my playtesting. Yeah, so, fair and enough. then like I said, use... com- combine that with the fact I was trying to do fun stuff. Like I was yeah. trying to trample myself just to trample their hero at the same time. And uh, like yeah. I said, because I was just trying to have more stuff to talk about. And yeah, it was day two was horrible for me. I think, like I said, I only just won the first game, and game five and six I got destroyed. So fair enough, fair enough. So so with that in mind, what so what did you end up um, you know sort of gaining from the tournament as a whole experience? Did you enjoy using this army? Because like you like you say, you you've not used it before, and it has loads of little tricks in it. So it's got lots of Magic, Kardush, the Ringwraith, and and Goroth, is it the one that swaps people around and yep, Beast? Yep. You, and you're like the previous time you won a tournament with um, Ugluk Scouts, which which is a bit more straightforward. Yep. Um, well, if this helps, the tournament I went to the week after, which was last week now, I took like a similar, not similar list, but a list based off that and made it more tricky because I enjoyed the tricks. So yeah. the, the the weekend after, I took two wraiths instead of one, and I took oh. Angmar with like four spectres, and it was a super tricky list, and a shade, so it was like a disgusting list, and I only took that because I enjoyed using the one race in this tournament, oh, that's good. so it was interesting, I learned, I guess it's a tricky thing, I, I had to rules check the Great Beast over and over again throughout the entire tournament, Oh there man, was, the, the, was... the the beast war beast generally they're just so full of loads of little yeah. problems that you, you encounter at all times. There were so many situations where it was just like, Obviously, me and my opponent disagree on something, and I'm always going to think the Great Beast is in the right, and you're going to think it's not <laughs> in the right. So, for example, like I didn't know, and I'm still not totally sure if the Great Beast has to move eight inches every single turn, or he can move some of that. And if he does move it all, when he hits a terrain piece, you have to declare how strong the terrain piece is. And obviously, I've played for 20 years, and never have I ever said just before the game starts, just so you know, that tower is a strength eight fortification. I've never oh. done that in my life. Yeah, the, so, the terrain is the the biggest deal, isn't it? I don't, you don't have to move your full eight inches, but I think you do have to move in a certain direction. Yeah, I think. so you but say you don't have wrong. to move the eight, but everybody I rules checked it with thought you did. The rules, it's, I really? guess. It's oh, that's guys. interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I, I would. I literally was considering getting hold of Dan Entwistle because he's the he, he runs Monarchs every day, and he would have probably confirmed for me the answer. But we, yeah, we just decided, and whatever my opponent said at the time, we just took it with that. But there's oh. loads. So Cardush can kill an orc within three, yeah. and. Um, Goroth kills an orc within one for different rules but then I decided can they do that while my orcs are on the howder and are they within one of Goroth when he stood on the floor <laughs> like, uh, yeah, there was that's... so many rules disputes I don't know I just had no well, idea. That's, that is sometimes a problem with taking a, a funky list like that yeah, I mean, you can, you've got lots of course. tricks in the bag to use against your opponents but there's a lot of things that yeah. you could potentially get disputed over and that delays things and drags it yeah, all out whereas with your Ugluk scouts he knows what's what don't you? yeah yeah it was just, yeah, it was just I, do this, I did the same thing no matter who my opponent was or what scenario it was I did the same thing absolutely so it well, was yeah. Well, George, and I really appreciated your your you know your reporting. It's been great hearing it and great yep. chatting, um, reflecting on the tournament. I was really sad to not be able to go because I had an Easterling army planned. It was all going to be very exciting. Yeah. Um, but those Easterlings are going to have to wait for Ardacon, which is coming up probably in the next episode. But um, George, I, I hope you got something out of chatting and recording with people. And um, thanks for coming on Entmoot and being my little Entmoot cub reporter. It's been brilliant. Yes, of course. And um, just one other thing, can I add? Go on. The add, venue yeah. itself was amazing. Oh, yeah, good. The people hosting the event were super great. We all went out for... It's the first time I've been to a tournament and stayed around locally, so I had a hotel booked. We went out for dinner, then we talked more about games, and it was just a lot of fun. And the person hosting the event, I apologise, I can't remember his name, at the event, the event was Boarding Brum. He was super helpful. I think the terrain was great. And it was the first event I've been to in a long time where I, I genuinely pulled the person aside and said, yeah, your, your place looks amazing, everything's great here. So I know he's hosting another event, he said, roughly December. And mm. I genuinely recommend everyone get down to it, most certainly you as well. So 
You oh, can take well, the reins. I, I definitely, I definitely want to get down there because I think this has been the second tournament um, at the this venue, Board in Brum, that yep. I haven't been able but to you go haven't to. Been to yet. Yeah, because the first one I think was cancelled for COVID, and then it was pushed back, and then then uh, the when it did finally go ahead, it was the wrong weekend for me and stuff like that. So so, and then this time, of course, another COVID outbreak. Yeah, thing. you so, was COVID. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was me that had the COVID this time. <laughs> um, but either way, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and you know, it it does look really cool. I saw some of the pictures about it, of it, and everyone looked really. Uh, like they were having a jolly at the Indian um, on the, uh, yeah, the day yeah, before yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, George, it's been great, and I'm glad that you you've you've delved into getting a hotel and um, turning it into a full weekend of fun because yes, that course. is what I love about tournaments too. Of course, of course, absolutely. Well, thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it a lot. And when you need me next time, I'm ready this time. I'll be more prepared. <laughs> There you go, George there. Um, hopefully I won't uh, need him again um, to report on tournaments because I don't really want to get COVID again. It's still bothering me now. And um, obviously only in the podcast I said I was fine. And, you know, I, I, I am fine. I've, I've survived. I've had a vaccine and all that. I, I'm still waiting on my second, sadly. Um, but, you know, it, it's worth noting it's not pleasant so, you know, do avoid it if you can. Um, but either way, I've survived and hopefully won't get it again now. Um, so really, the podcast should be steaming ahead to victory. Now, this is what I'm most excited about because the next podcast, if all goes to plan, the next podcast should be an epic series of Articon-related podcasts. Now, you may remember from 2019, uh, if you're a long-listening uh, fan of Entmoot, that I did about three, I think, episodes of the podcast um, based around Articon. Um, Articon being one of the biggest um, Lord of the Rings SBG events in the world. It certainly was last time. It probably won't be this time because, you know, the world is uh, slightly different uh, this year than it was in 2019. But... Hopefully, big tournament. Um, I'm going to be have some coverage from the um, English SBG Open, which is kind of a, an event that uh, you can win a free ticket to Articon. So maybe I'll win that. Um, then there's also an event, uh, the main event, the team championships uh, for Articon. That's the main sort of two-day Saturday uh, singles event, the competitive, ultra-competitive stuff. So we'll have that. And there's also in between that um, some some special events. So there's not only the Masters event which I'm unlikely to get into, but you never know, because uh, I will be um, in for a chance if I win the English SBG Open. Um, so there's the Masters event, and also the doubles, and not just the doubles, but also Chaos in Arda, which is kind of a fun, um, well, free-for-all, free essentially, four uh, players all taking silly lists. So that's all coming up in the next series of podcasts. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, to get uh, most of that... Um, uh, out on the bounce, as it were. So I'm hoping to actually get the English SBG Open uh, podcast done and dusted um, before the actual weekend of Articon. So if you're on the way to Articon on Thursday or Friday uh, of the Articon week, you should be able to listen to it. Um, So there might not be any riddles in the dark for a while, but it's going to be a lot of uh, gaming content coming up in the next few uh, weeks. Fingers crossed, if all goes to plan, and, I don't know, James Clark, the organiser, doesn't come down with COVID, or, you know, the hotel doesn't close, or something like that, because we don't want those things to happen. So, um, very excited for the next episode of the podcast. And, obviously, I hinted at this earlier on in the uh, uh, in the podcast. I wrote my 800-point army list, which has... Amda, Eastling, Dragon Knight, uh, War Priest, and Candish King with Chariot uh, and Horseman. That was my 800-point list. Articon happens to be 600 points. Have you got any pointers? What do you think I should take? 
I want you to help me win this time because tell you what, I'm damned fed up of losing. I'm going to go to Articon and you know what? I'm going to have my game face on. I'm going to be pulling all sorts of horrible tricks and I'm going to be really mean to all of my opponents. I'm going to be an absolute douche and I'm going to take the filthiest Easterling list that I can possibly take and I'm going to destroy all comers. That's the plan anyway. Um, So (laughs) please help me. Um, Send in all your advice. I really, really would appreciate the advice. Um, What should I build? Um, Bear in mind, I do want to have a chariot and I do like the Easterlings. And I've got some dragon cult acolytes I want to use. So I guess I've already hamstrung uh, your your list building skills. But tell me, what should I put in a 600 point Easterling list? uh, Starting with Amda. Um, Tell me. Let me know. Get in touch. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com. That's entmootpodcast.com at gmail.com. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you very much to George Stromberg, the uh, Entmoot Cub reporter at this time. Uh, I know uh, it's it was a bit different to listen to. I enjoyed listening to it. I hope you did too. Um, it was nice to have a fresh perspective, some different questions to ask, all that sort of stuff. Apologies to any um, regular Entmoot fans and or entry, Entmoot contributors uh, who could have done the same job as uh, George. Uh, I'm looking at you, Jasmine and Tim, both of whom were at the same tournament, but uh, George just w- was keen. He, he sent me a message and he was like, you know what? I want to do this. So I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's arrange this thing. Um, so it was great fun to hear from him um, and hopefully everyone enjoyed the, the podcast. But I will be back at Articon in just under a fortnight's time. Boo-a-rum. Boo-a-rum.